You know our friends at Wicking Vicar for their comfortable clerical shirts and their wooden advent wreath playset. They're back with a new gift, and this time it's for the Lutheran ladies. Introducing their beautiful necklace featuring 14 karat gold filled charms of the cross and Luther seal, a simple and feminine way to express your faith every day. This necklace arrives in a gift box and is perfect for confirmation, graduation, Mother's Day, or First Communion. Visit wickingvicar.com to find this necklace and other gifts. That's W-I-C-K-I-N-G-V-I-C-A-R.com. Listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Today is a story time with Sarah Day. Yay! Yay! <laughs> wow, that was like a weird harmony right there. <laughs> that was great. I never, I don't know. I'm always conflicted when these story times are actually about someone that's in the hymnal. I never know mm-hmm. if it's a story time or a hymn sing or both or. You know what? It's a genre of intentions. Story sing with Sarah. <laughs> story sing with Sarah. You know what? It's a worth telling. So cross those boundaries, girl, and tell us a good story about a hymn writer yes so this might be one of the more obscure episodes i've done sometimes i randomly when i'm flipping through a hymnal i always like to look at the bottom part of the hymn just to see like who the hymn writer was and who wrote the tune Mm. and what the tune name is and all these fun things because hymn nerd yes Mm -hmm. because you learn stuff sometimes and so when i was looking through Baptism hymns, which is still an upcoming podcast. I can't believe I haven't done that yet. I was looking through baptism hymns for our share episode, and I ran across this lady hymn writer name, and I my, my attention always perks up when I find mm-hmm. a woman because they are not nearly as common as the dudes in the hymnal. And I was like, who is this person? I must look her up. And then I read her story online, and it's short, but it's cool. So today is the day for... Emily Julianne von Schwarzberg Rudolstadt. Also, her name is just really cool. So the episode's going to be an hour long because it takes 15 minutes to say her name anyway. Fair enough. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> if you search her on the internet, she's also known as Emily Julianne of Barbie Mulligan because those were the geographic. There's a lot of geographic stuff happening in the 17th century in Germany. And when you're German nobility... It's just, it's a lot. So that's her. Mm. All of those names are her. And also her name in TLH and places on the internet is spelled A umlaut instead of E at the beginning. And I think that's really beautiful. But I'm kind oh. of worried about names with umlaut, umlauts because A yeah. umlaut is the E sound still. So it's Emily, A umlaut, M I L I E, which looks really beautiful in print. But that's just me being a name nerd. So. So she's got the right name to be receive Sarah's spotlight. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. And she is a Lutheran lady too. So this mm-hmm. this was really fun to just okay. kind of research her across a few different websites. Uh, she is in the Lutheran Service Book Hymnal Companion because she does have a hymn in our hymnal. If you look her up, however, don't try to look her up under von Schwarzberg Rudelstadt because it's not actually her last name. She's German nobility, so she kind of doesn't have a last name. So she's um, under Emily, which may be a little confusing because we never we generally don't like list people by first names. Hmm. But she's under Emily. In some places she is listed under von Schwarzberg. I don't know. It's very confusing. But in the hymnal companion, 
Look for Emily if you have it. I'm not really sure why we don't really know a lot about her. I feel like we should know more about her because she was a hymn writer of Lutheran hymnody. And in my book, that means we should know about her. Uh, there, there may be some church controversy, I don't know, or like some super pietistic bent in her writing that I don't know about or some reason why we just don't know her story. I'm slightly jaded that women in history, especially our Lutheran history, just kind of don't get talked about a whole lot. But that might just be me and my own personal opinions. I don't know. But... I'm very excited to tell you her story. There is like one really good resource that is listed in the Hymnal Companion that I did not buy and read because I don't have time for that. But we can list it in the show notes. It's about her her nobility and, and her rule, like how she ruled stuff. I don't know if it's really about her hymnity, but there is actually one book about her. There's a few other resources in German, which are not useful to me, but that's like it. There's a couple very tiny biographies online and that's about all I could find. So she also does show up in the CFW Walther hymnal that you can also buy from CPH that just has a whole bunch of hymn texts in it. So that's cool too. <laughs> this story does involve the 30 years war. So we have I know. Surprise. There it is. <laughs> So Emily was born on August 19th, 1637 at the Heideck Castle or the Heidecksburg, which is mm. just sounds very noble, near Rudolstadt in Thuringia. And Thuringia is a German state in East Central Germany, if you know your German geography, just to the southwest of Leipzig. So East Central-ish. Her parents were Albert Frederick, who is the Duke of Barbie and Mulligan which is why she's listed as Emily Julianne of Barbie Mulligan, and Sophia Ursula, who is Duchess of Oldenburg and Delmenhorst. Now, if you look at a map like I did when I was researching this, because I was like, where are all these places? I don't know where any of these are. None of these places are geographically close to Heidecksburg. In fact, they are very far away. So I was like, why was she born in Heidecksburg if her parents are like all <laughs> over the place and not anywhere close to that? Turns out it was because of the 30 Years' War. Oh. Um, during the Thirty Years' War, her parents took refuge at the Heidecksburg, which belonged to her dad's uncle, Count Ludwig Günther of Schwarzburg-Rudolstadt. And so the Thirty Years' War was 1618 to 1648. So she was born there because that's where they were taking refuge during the war. So when the war moved away to other places, her family moved back to Barbie, which is just B-A-R-B-Y, not like B-A-R-B-I-E, uh, mm. which is just southeast of Magdeburg, not too far southwest from Berlin in north central Germany. The Duke and Duchess died just a few years later. Her dad died in 1641 and her mom died in 1642. So already at a young age, lots of tragedy, which, mm. as we have learned, makes for a very good hymn writer at some point. So a little orphaned Emily went to the care of her aunt and godmother, who was the wife of Duke Ludwig Günther. So Emily spent her childhood with her four cousins, one of whom is Ludmilla Elizabeth. And they ended up writing and publishing hymns together as they grew up. This is the fun fact. Emily wrote 587 hymns. Oh, my goodness. Why do we not know about her? <laughs> huh. That's a lot of hymns, guys. Yeah. We only have one in our hymnal. There are a few in TLH. She's like the Emily Dickinson of Lutheran hymnody, you guys. <laughs> wrote so much and we just like lost to history for a while. Is this a yeah. convention overture? Like, can we make that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Convention year. I don't know. Convention is coming. 
<laughs> it wouldn't be the craziest thing that went no. just put forward. <laughs> story. <laughs> so she was in her childhood she was surrounded by really great theological books like the German Bible and Luther's Catechism and also the meditation of Johann Gerhard who is a great Lutheran theologian and Johann Arndt's Vier Bücher vom Waren Christentum which is four books concerning true Christianity now this is where the pietism bent might come in hmm. Arndt is a forerunner of pietism and Lutheranism so there may actually be some pietism in some of her hymns. And I don't, I don't know if, if that went off the rails eventually. I don't know any of that. But all of this means I'm assuming that she was very much immersed in Lutheran theology pretty regularly. And her hymnody is the hymnody that we have in our Lutheran hymnals is spectacular. Hmm. So I'm going to take a wild guess, a very educated wild guess that she was very much into Lutheran theology and learning about theology. And her hymns talk about this pious expression of devotion to our crucified Lord. And that also is a very common thing with people who are connected to the Fruchtbringende, wait, Fruchtbringende, Bringende Gesellschaft, which is the fruit bearing society. It does mean fruit. It does mean fruit. Okay. And this was, I can't pronounce this guy's name in my head, so I'm not going to say it right either. Ahasverus, uh, Ahasverus Fritsch in Rudolstadt. A H A S V E R U S. I can't figure that out. We'll in my allow brain. it. It's fine. Yeah. Ahasverus. You know exactly who you mean. <laughs> and he was actually one of her teachers. So this makes a lot of sense. This this Fruchtbringende Gesellschaft was this German literary society started in 1617. And they were standardizing vernacular German to use in scholarly and literary language. And I'm going to just keep saying his name. Ahasuerus Fritsch. Just call him Fritsch, Mr. Fritsch. Mr. Fritsch. Mr. Fritsch. Lived 1629 to 1701. And was a German jurist, poet, and hymn writer mm -hmm. of the Baroque era. And in 1657, he was appointed Hofmeister, which is the super high office in German courts of emperors and, and kings, by Count Albert Anton von Schwarzburg-Rudelstadt, who just happened to be Emily's husband. So she was also surrounded by Lutheran theologians and hymn writers, too. So mm -hmm. there was this kind of this, uh, this circle of people, I'm guessing, that influenced her as well. They knew each other really well, and he was, interesting fun fact that has nothing to do with anything else, he was one of the first, or he was the first German legal scholar to talk about the danger of the press influencing people. Interesting. On July 7th, 1665, Emily married Count Albert Anton von schwarzburg rudolstadt who was a cousin from a different branch of the family, but this was kind of, was slash is, I don't know, the state of German nobility, you kind of married. Oh, yeah, she totally married her cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, here's a fun thing. I just, I just had to Google him because I was trying to figure out, did she marry her cousin? He was Ludmilla Elizabeth's brother. So, uh, wait. Oh, guys, <laughs> you say that's a fun thing. Like we would all wait if she was. That means she grew up with him. Yeah, and sure, her his sister was her best friend and him writing buddy. Uh, oh, keeping it in the family. <laughs> I mean, huh. that makes sense. I mean, considering how many German sense. nobles were married to complete strangers they'd never met before, like this is pretty sweet by comparison. That actually sounds pretty great, except the cousin part. I don't know about that part, but. Marrying someone you've known for a long time seems 
cool to me. <laughs> we'll go with it, childhood sweethearts. Yeah. That's, All right. That's what we'll say. I like it. She gave birth to a daughter, but the baby died at eight days old, which Aww. is very sad. Not super uncommon at this time, unfortunately. No. But still very sad. Mm-hmm. And then she had a, a lot of hardship in her life. That wasn't her only loss. Three of the cousins she'd been raised with. Oh, that would have been all of them except her husband then. I didn't put that together. Hmm. Oi. Also died from a measles outbreak in 1672, including Ludmilla. And Emily's own health wasn't very great either. So she had all of this hardship that was influencing her super heartfelt hymns. So again, this... This common theme that we keep coming back to that really good hymn writers often have like ridiculously terrible lives, but always point us back to Christ being our hope and foundation and like the thing that really matters. So be careful before you pray and ask God to make you a really good hymn writer because you might not like the process. Yeah. Hmm. She relied really heavily on her faith during this time, which we know because she wrote a majority of her hymns after this period of like super hard stuff. A lot of these appeared in published hymn books. So the third edition of the Ruderstadt hymn book has 46 of her hymns. She sponsored several hymnals herself. So Christliche Lieder und Gebete vor B und nach Erlangen Gottlichen Ehesengens which means Christian songs and prayers before, during, and after the attainment of the blessed state of matrimony. That was published in 1683. That had 30 of her hymns. And then in 1685, Tagliches Morgen Mittags und Abendoffer, which is daily morning, midday, and evening sacrifices. This had hymns from her beloved cousin, Ludmilla Elizabeth, as well. And then another one with 12 hymns was published in 1685. And this one is one for people with a deep sorrow. Kulwasser in grosser Hitze des Kreuzes und der Trubsalen, which means refreshing waters in the great heat of the cross and its sorrows. So That's she an was, amazing title. Just, right. They don't make hymnals with that kind of title anymore. No. Mm-mm. One of the coolest parts of her story, I think, is that J.S. Bach used her texts in his cantatas. Like anybody that gets their texts put to music by J.S. Bach is Hmm. like music royalty in my book. That is really cool. One of them is the hymn that we have in Lutheran service book, the actual like long version of the hymn that we have in Lutheran service book, once in the blessed baptismal waters. This was originally part of a much longer funeral hymn text, which is... In TLH, who knows when death may overtake me. And the full hymn shows Emily's focus on faith that is deeply rooted in the promises of God that we have in Christ and the sacraments that bind us to Jesus even when we face death. Emily died at the Heidecksburg on December 3rd, 1706. She was one of the most prolific German female hymn writers and had hymns, if you look her up on Hymnary, the list of hymns and hymnals that she's in is super long. Most of them are not in English, which yeah, <laughs> we don't have a lot of her hymns because a lot of them just, I don't think, are translated into English. There are a few in TLH, but I think part of the reason that we don't have a lot of them in church hymnals is that a lot of them were reflective of her inner life and mm. her struggle. And so they aren't actually really that appropriate to sing in church. Like they're really good. And you might sing them as your personal devotional life, but not super appropriate for like congregational singing in a church. 
some of them, not all of them. So TLH 598, who knows when death may overtake me, gorgeous hymn. And she's, her name in these older hymnals is just listed as Emily Julianne, which I think is just really cool. <laughs> no last name, two first names. Sounds really fancy to me. The first couple of stanzas, I won't read you the whole thing. So this is 11 stanzas in TLH because in TLH we have lots of long stanza hymns. Uh, some people think we should sing more. I'm in that boat. Uh, who, knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows when death may overtake me? Time passes on, my end draws near. How swiftly can my breath forsake me? How soon can life's last hour appear? My God, for Jesus' sake, I pray thy peace may bless my dying day. Those last two lines might be the lines that, that trick your memory a little bit, maybe, because those are the same lines that we have in the LSB hymn hmm. as well. The world that smiled when morn was breaking may change for me ere close of day. For while on earth my home I'm making, death's threat is never far away. My God, for Jesus' sake, I pray thy peace may bless my dying day. Reveal the sweetness, stanza five. Reveal the sweetness of thy heaven. Earth's galling bitterness unfold. May I amid this turmoil riven thy blessed eternity behold. My God, for Jesus' sake, I pray. Thy peace may bless my dying day. We get finally to our LSB 598 text at stanza eight. Once in the blessed baptismal waters, I put on Christ and made him mine. Now numbered with God's sons and daughters, I share his peace and love divine. My God, for Jesus' sake, I pray. Thy peace may bless my dying day. We've got baptism. Now we've got communion. His body and his blood I've taken in his blessed supper feast divine. Now I shall never be forsaken for I am his and he is mine. My God, for Jesus sake, I pray thy peace may bless my dying day. And then, then may death come today, tomorrow. I know in Christ I perish not. He grants the peace that stills all sorrow, gives me a robe without a spot. My God, for Jesus sake, I pray thy peace may bless my dying day. It's very good. It's also in CFW Walther's hymnal, and there's a 12th stanza in there that didn't make it into TLH. So Lutheran Service Book 598 is stanzas 8, 9, and 11 of the original hymn. I really wish we would have the original hymn in LSB. It's really good. Yeah, like, but there's a danger if we have the—because the original hymn, it's got all—it's beautiful, but the first few stanzas are kind of bleak. Yeah. Now, if, yes, like, in my say. church— <laughs> It, yeah, once you start, you're kind of committed. If, like in my church, you get to the end of communion and the organist wraps it up after whatever stanza you're in the middle no! of, yeah. you could be caught in a really awkward spot. Yep. So there is a danger with a long <laughs> hymn like that that starts in a dark place and ends in a bright place. You really don't want to cut it halfway. Yeah, but it's no, gorgeous. You, you definitely need to sing the whole thing. I'll say, though, that the three, the four that you highlighted in particular... It makes sense why they selected those for this abbreviated version in the baptism mm -hmm. section. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful um, baptism. Because that hits all the right verses. Yeah. So if you're going to abbreviate it, that is definitely yeah. how to abbreviate it. Yeah, it's a I love this baptism hymn. It's it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we <laughs> that we shouldn't have the shortened version. It's beautiful the way it is. I mm -hmm. also think we should have additionally the, the full, full one. one. Yes. <laughs> For people who like to sing 11 stanza hymns, but I know that's probably a shrinking number of them. <laughs> bold take, but it's allowed. Thanks. So this hymn also shows up in, I think, over 20 hymnals, which with much shorter and very edited texts under titles like Who Knows how near my end may be, or who knows how near my life's expended, or who knows how soon my days are ended, like that. They've translated mm. it a bunch of different ways with a bunch of different titles in mm. a variety of hymnals, but they're all kind of the same gist of what she was talking about in this hymn. 
So TLH also has one other hymn of hers. So not several, just one other. So TLH has two of hers. LSB has one. TLH number 33, the Lord hath helped me hitherto by his surpassing favor, which this one is in about 11 hymnals. The English, I'm going to be honest, the English is a little clunky. I'm sure it's beautiful in German. I can see why this one didn't didn't make it in any other hymnals. <laughs> well, that's rare that you... <laughs> It's Grant just that <laughs> it was it, for nine for people that lived in the 1940s and 50s. It was probably fine. But in our modern, more modern English, I shouldn't say modern in our English in the 2000s. <laughs> it's just, it, it is no longer how we talk. The Lord hath helped me hitherto by his surpassing favor. His mercies every morn were new. His kindness did not waver. God hitherto hath been my guide, hath pleasures hitherto supplied and hitherto hath helped me. Hmm. It's just yeah, a lot of hitherto's. A lot of hitherto's. <laughs> I praise it. I like the sentiment though. I praise and thank thee, Lord my God, for thine abundant blessing, which heretofore thou hast bestowed, and I am still possessing. Inscribe this on my memory. The Lord hath done great things for me and graciously hath helped me. I actually kind of like this last stanza too. It heretofore though. Heretofore. <laughs> help me henceforth, O God of grace. Help me on each occasion. Help me in each and every place. Help me through Jesus' passion. Help me in life and death, O God. Help me through Jesus' dying blood. Help me as thou hast helped me. Huh. Yeah, I do like that one. Yeah. So I like the sentiment. It's just, we don't really talk. We don't say hitherto and heretofore and mm -hmm. all of those words anymore. Not mm. really. I find this really interesting that that hymn is in TLH and LSB, but skipped LW, but there's a hymn in LW from her that isn't in LSB. Mm -hmm. So like we just picked a different one for her. And I didn't check Hymnal Supplement 98, to be fair, or Hymnal Supplement 69. So there may be others that I just didn't look at because I was writing this during Sherathon. Sorry, guys. <laughs> God has brought me to this time and place, which is in the praise and adoration section of LW. I am not familiar with this one either, but it's a really beautiful text thanking God for his blessings to us. Very Lutheran. LW seems to be the only English hymnal that that text is in. Hmm. So I don't know. Interest, interesting choice. Mm -hmm. So in addition, CFW Walther has several of her hymns in his hymnal. So there's five from Emily and there's three from Ludmilla. So you get both of the cousins. This is the church hymn book for the evangelical Lutheran congregations of the unaltered Augsburg Confession, which you can get from CBH Bring Your Face. <laughs> it's a great, it's a big hymnal. It's all, there's very little music in it. It's mostly text, but it's really cool. Originally published in 1892. So this is like one of the OG original hymnals of our people. <laughs> So there's, I love this. I love this. Oh, there's a teeny tiny little like micro section of like temporal life kind of stuff, like daily need kind of hymns. And there's two of them for severe storms. And I feel this in my soul. Like, mm -hmm. I need some hymns for severe storms, guys. And they are in this wow. hymnal. And they it's were almost, by it's the almost like Walter lived in St. Louis. Where tornadoes happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but like I was thinking about it as I was reading through these hymns like we have all of these modern conventions of radar and tornado warnings and severe storm apps and TVs that tell you what's happening like they didn't have any of that 
They had the sky just turn green and the air feels funny. (laughs) Right. Like you literally you did not know if your house is going to be blown away because you had no idea where the tornado was. Like we can watch our my husband and I sit at home during tornado warnings are like watching the radar and looking where the hook echo is going and all of this stuff. Like we're like, oh, we're okay. The tornado is over there and we live here. So it's not going to come. Like they didn't know that. (laughs) Right. So, of course, having hymns for severe storms would have made a lot of sense. And. So there's two for the oncoming of severe storms and there's one for after the storm. Emily wrote, I must call her Elizabeth. Emily wrote one of the ones for when the storm is coming. And I find it very interesting that like 5% of this hymn is actually about, you know, severe storm and 95% of it is about repenting, receiving God's salvation and trusting in him. Like, <laughs> oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like I could die right now because I don't know what's happening. So I should probably my sins. <laughs> Like, okay. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So I especially like stanza four. Myself, my family, I now commend to thee. Thy wings shall safe enfold us from fright and fear withhold us. And in thy graces arm us, lest any storm should harm us. I think I need to put that one up on my wall or like in my back pocket on my yeah. phone and keep it. You need to keep a hymnal in your tornado bunker. That's a really like wherever good you go, keep a Bible and a hymnal, and then you can just like you and I can picture it. Like there's a tornado warning. You're looking at your phone, and you're like, you know what, Luther? And then suddenly you guys are singing hymns. Actually, so true story. When we were driving back from somewhere, I don't remember where, we were driving through Southern Illinois, and every time we drive back to St. Louis through Southern Southern Illinois, there's storms and tornadoes. Like without fail, it always happens. And this one, there was literally a tornado that was tracking right along. Highway, whatever we were on, 64, <laughs> 55, 70. I don't know. We were on a highway. The tornado was tracking right along there. And I was like freaking out like hardcore. So we turned on Jesus Priceless Treasure on YouTube and cranked it up super loud and played it on loop because I like was having a panic attack. And it worked. <laughs> it was great. And we were fine. And then there was no yeah. tornado that came over us. But whew. so, yes, hymns during storms is really great. <laughs> and then. I find it really ironic, interesting, heartwarming. I don't know that Ludmilla was the one that wrote the hymn or at least has the hymn in this hymnal for after the storm happens of like praising God that you didn't die in a tornado. Mm. It's 12 stanzas. These ladies wrote very long hymns. There's something really special in this beauty and eloquence of these hymns about just like general things in life that we, I don't know, maybe ignore or just don't pay attention to. Even though, I don't know, they happen to us all the time, but like this hymn also talks about confessing sins and receiving forgiveness and asking for God's provision and thanking for his protection. It's like these hymns kind of made me realize that like in in every bit of our lives, we should be repenting, but also thanking God for his forgiveness and thanking him for his provision. Like like these people knew what they were doing with these hymns that Mm. talk about just kind of normal everyday stuff, but always pointing us back to Jesus. So... I like two stanzas, two stanzas of this one. Stanza two, thou hast unleashed thy blasts of thunder, thy bolts of lightning called to strike as if to rend us all asunder. Our sins are great and without like too vast for us to understand more numerous than the grains of sand. And stanza five, for in the storm we would have perished hadst thou not held us close to thee and harbored us like children cherished with father hearted charity thy loving nature moved thee so oh how thou dost thy kindness show so thanking god for keeping us safe in a storm so that's 
most of Emily's story. That's all I could find about her. I really liked researching her. I mean, we don't really know a ton about her, but I think it's really cool to find these hymns from her and also dig into Walther's hymnal a little bit. I haven't actually really looked at that much. I do think it's really interesting that these older, really, really old hymns that we don't sing anymore are really intertwined with daily living. Like if you have a drought, sing a hymn. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scared in a storm, sing a hymn. Need to figure out how to pay somebody money back, sing a hymn. Like there's, there's hymns for like every occasion that you could possibly think of in daily living in some of these hymnals. And I really think we could learn something from that, that like God's word is always supposed to be on our hearts and minds. And it doesn't really matter what situation we're in. Like you can always sing a hymn or say a prayer about something like nothing is ever too small to be talking about with God, you know, and yeah. like, we're kind of told to do that too, mm-hmm. to bring everything to him in prayer. Right. And I, then go Google your, your problem. I have a lump. I should sing a hymn, say a prayer and then go Google. One thing I really loved was this image of Emily and Ludmilla, these best friend, cousins, sisters, you know, raised together, mm-hmm. sisters-in-law yeah, who were digging into Lutheran theology together and writing hymns and between the two of them covering every situation under the sun. I love that image of Lutheran sisterhood mm-hmm. um, and the way it expressed itself in this supportive, creative environment that was extremely fruitful, it sounds like, for both women. And it sounds like when Ludmilla died, that that became an impetus for even sort of deeper faith and richer hymnody in Emily's life, which is sad, but also you give thanks to God that he was able to bring beauty out of that tragedy Yeah, mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. So speaking of Lutheran sisterhood, I have one final little thing that I have no story about because I can't find any information about. However, there's another Lutheran lady hymn writer from this same time period, Anna Sophia of Hesse-Darmstadt. They lived at the same time. They were born a year apart. And Hessen and Barbie are quite close to each other. Hmm. I need to know if they knew each other. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well, they're both part of the club of girls with no last name. So I know. I would love to think that they knew each other and like hung out and wrote hymns together, but I have no Mm -hmm. idea. So if someone knows this history of these Lutheran ladies and whether they were besties, like I really want them to be besties. I have no idea. Sounds tracky. You can certainly find out if these two hung out. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody must. I'm probably going to have to like read some super obscure history books to figure it out. (laughs) Exactly. Or we need to just write some fan fiction. I was going to say this sounds like a job for a novelist as much as a historian. Yes, historical fiction about Emily Julianne and Anna Sophia, Mm -hmm. German Lutheran noble women who write hymns together. I don't know. I love it. Love it. I'm there. That's all I have for you. It was a good one. This was a a sweet little story. I liked it. I love her story. I like finding random things. And I know some of you ladies in the Ladies Lounge Facebook group have sent me prompts for stories, uh, things you want to know more about. Uh, The Texas Wend episode came about because someone was messaged me and was like, you should do a story on this. And I was like, "Uh, yes, I should. Thank you. (laughs) So if you (laughs) ladies in the Facebook group or Instagram or wherever... If you have something that you want me to research for you (laughs) and then make a podcast about, feel free to send them my way. I like having input from other people instead of just what I'm interested in. It's fun to know what y'all are interested in and read uh, read up on, on other things, too. So absolutely. Join us in our Facebook group, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge on Facebook. We can talk about all kinds of stuff. 
and on our Instagram page at Lutheran Ladies Lounge. And also sign up for our e-newsletter. You can do that in the show notes for this episode, or you can send us an email, lutheranladies at kfuo.org, and we'll get you signed up for that e-newsletter. You can find all of our podcast episodes at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on your favorite podcasting app or on the KFUO radio app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. KFUO radio and the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast are underwritten in part by Wicking Vicar. Visit them online at wickingvicar.com. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us, too. If you love the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast, consider financially supporting our producer, KFUO Radio, so we can keep doing what we do. Find out how at kfuo.org slash give.